think I can officially say now that I've been to a cold church. <laughs> Nothing personal against you and not spiritually, but it's cold. I did enjoy Alvin's Sunday School lesson. That was good. Um, it is just absolutely heartbreaking to hear about the family that has the child taken away. That I just can't imagine that. I can't imagine the pain of that. Um, you know, especially if it's for some false accusation. That that's just hard to bear. And. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the justice system, but not that's not my topic, but I'm just going to use them a little bit. But, but it's heartbreaking to, to see a justice system going wrong, doing things that actually hurt the people that they're serving. And I wish it wouldn't be that way. I wish it would always be right. I wish... They would have infinite wisdom and know what they need to know. The beauty of it is, we have a judge. He knows everything. He knows what I'm struggling with. He knows that I don't want to struggle. He knows my weaknesses. He knows my mountaintops. He knows my valleys. He knows everything. And you know what? He judges righteously. He doesn't make a mistake, but our judges on the earth do. So it is really good to see Marvin and Cindy and Mr. and Mrs. Warren, all of you. It's really good. Um, it's, I didn't think I would know many people here. But I'm kind of surprised because I do recognize a lot and got to meet a couple this morning already. So I'm, uh, I'm blessed. I was, I was blessed to be here so far. So I'd like to pray if we could yet one more time just to clear our minds and just, just take a quiet time in prayer. You know, when we come to this moment, it's... We want to hear from God. This is not about me. I, I, I can give you the grandest topic and speak the grandest words if I had that ability, I'm saying. But I could do all of that and you could still go home empty. But if the Holy Ghost speaks, he can do it through a donkey. And that gives me hope. So I just want the Holy Ghost to be here to minister to your hearts Change what needs changing. Lift up what needs lifted. Encourage where encouragement is needed. That things would go well for you. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we, we, we do quiet our hearts. And yet we know that, that there's a battle around us. And even we're reminded with this child being taken away. There's a vicious battle going on in this world. But yet we know that the King of Kings, 
is still on the throne. The, the king of kings has not lost his power. His arm isn't shortened that it cannot save. He can move mountains. He can, he can turn the world upside down. He can destroy the world and make a new one. He can do anything he wants. These things seem really, really big to us and they, they hurt and it's painful and, and it, it, it seems like a travesty of justice to, to have these things. And yet we place our faith not in this world, not in the governments of this world, but in you, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We rest in you this morning. And I pray that you would open our hearts to this, this thing of being forgiven by God. Check each one of our hearts, Lord. Am I forgiven? Do I know I'm forgiven? Do I believe I'm forgiven? Do I act upon that forgiveness? Or do I still try to do what's already been done? Lord, would you work through this word, not necessarily through me, but through the power of the Holy Ghost, directly into hearts. May there be lives that are changed. May there be spirits that are lifted up and built up and encouraged and, and strengthened and direction and all of those things. Let your name be glorified. We love you. We appreciate what you've done for us and we we will always worship you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about God forgiving us. And you would think that church people would know that. Of all people, church people should know that they're forgiven. But I find it's not the case. I find people all the time saying, well... You know, I, I struggle with this thing. I, I, I have this really dark thing in my past, and it just bothers me, and I, I don't know. Is it forgiven? I don't know. It seems like every time I pray, it's in front of me. It seems that when I face a battle, that I think this is God punishing me for this. When I face something that, you know, let's say a child is taken. Okay, God, is it because of that? You see the danger of not knowing that we're forgiven. There, there, there's Christians that are crippled. And, I, and they're good people. They're, they, they love God with all of their heart. But they're crippled because they can't get past this thing that they are forgiven. Because the thing that they have done is bad. And they admit that. They, they have no issue with that. I know it's bad. But why would God forgive me? And then the other side of that coin is this, this casualness of it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live. I just say, God, I'm sorry, and it's just willy-nilly forgiven. Just no big deal. Sort of like you say, eh, he's not real cool. And, and, you know, I hear about it. Oh, he didn't mean that. He was just being ordinary. And forget about it. You know, no big deal. We, we say things all the time. We don't mean them. And so, nah, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. I think men are a little bit more likely to say that. Women are more likely. I want to hear an apology. But, but don't worry about it. It's just not a big deal. And somehow we think 
let me ask you, on, on what basis should God forgive you? On what basis do you feel forgiven? What do you base your forgiveness on? Your feeling? Well, I feel forgiven. You may or may not feel forgiven. Does that change the actual fact? Are you forgiven just because you feel or don't feel forgiven? And I want to use an illustration, and I've heard this illustration used, I don't know, by a lot of preachers because it was written in a book that's pretty old, and preachers use it because it's a good illustration. And it brings this about. I'm actually, I'm, I'm studying the, the attributes of God to put a series together. And it's just massive. I just can't. I, I'm not even halfway and I just can't get there. And, and I keep running into this thing over and over and over and over. I run into this very thing. So the illustration is this. Let's say, suppose you, you come home from work and you, you have a normal day. Everything is fine. You open the door and there's utter chaos. There's blood everywhere. The house is upside down. Your family is murdered. There's, they're, they're, they're scattered. They're laying around. You know something really bad is happening, something awful. I mean, this will change your life forever. This is, this is a nightmare. This can't be true. You see the perpetrator. He's still in the house. He's still in action. His hands are still red. You tackle him. Or in today's world, maybe you shoot him. I don't know. But, but you, you, you pin him down. You, you do whatever. You, you take control of the situation. You call the cops. They come. Handcuff him. Haul him off. Go to court. Now, here he is in court. He comes in with all the chains and, you know, how they do it. And, and, and he stands in front of the judge. And the judge looks at him and he said, Sir, I know you've done wrong. But I am a good judge. I am a loving judge. I want to do what's right for you. I, 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 I love you enough. I'm just going to forgive you and let you go. And you... You get out of your chair back there in the courtroom and you have some sharp words to say to the judge. You don't know anything about love. You don't know anything about justice. You don't know anything about giving my family justice. What you've done is atrocious and that's not loving. You're not helping this guy. You're not helping me. You're not helping my family. This is not justice. So why are you setting this guy free? They would probably arrest you for contempt because you'd have such sharp words for, for this judge. And rightly so. You don't, why do you wear that robe representing lady justice? 
It's a travesty. Yet, come back. Isn't that the way you and I many times come to God? We just expect him to forgive us. On what rights are we forgiven? We sang about it this morning. Alvin talked about it this morning. But I wonder, do we put it together? On what rights are we forgiven? Is it simply because I, I say, I want to be forgiven. Lord, I'm sorry. I want to be forgiven. So therefore, God just says, okay, don't worry about it. It's fine. Or is there a reason he can forgive me? The Bible says in Proverbs. I didn't know you guys have an overhead. So I have, I have this. But I, I didn't get it to you to put it on the overhead. But in Proverbs 17, 5, acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, both are detestable to the Lord. Acquitting the guilty. Now, when you confess your sin, are you guilty? You, you did it. So if you did it, and you expect God to just forgive you, then that makes him detestable to himself. We got a problem. How can God forgive me for something that I have done if he in his own word says that's detestable? You condemn the, the innocent, that's also detestable. In Ezekiel 18.20, it says the soul that sins shall die. That soul shall die. So how and why would God forgive us? If we want to be forgiven, we have every right to come to him and ask for forgiveness. We'll get to that. But, by the way, what time do you guys close? Whenever you're done. Well, is it 1130? No, anywhere from quarter till 12. Because I'm going to have to hurry up. It's 1130. I need to be almost done. So, if God, okay, if I don't understand this stuff, and I just say, God, I need to be forgiven. You're, you're forgiven based on what God has done, whether you understand it or not. You're forgiven, because God is a good God, and, and he did this thing all in the, in the ages past. This is done, you're forgiven. But, this is where people get hung up, because they can't understand why they're forgiven, and truly are forgiven. And I need to convince you this morning that when you come to God and you ask to be forgiven, He is. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. And we want to read this passage, and then I want to, I want to just simply explain it. 1 John chapter 1, and you probably know verse 9 by heart, but we'll get there. Verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you 
that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we're lying. And we don't do the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. We don't try to have, we have. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Does it? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If somebody, this is, this is a small enough group, you do open discussion. Somebody quote this verse. You know it by heart, I know you do. Quote it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. He'll do what he said he'll do. But now the next part. Do we trip on that? If the Bible says that he that acquits the guilty is detestable to God, how can he be just? The, the word there is righteous. How can he be righteous and still forgive us our sins? We have a problem. If God wants to forgive us, then somehow he has to overcome this problem. He, he can't just say what that judge does and just say, well, because I'm so loving, I'm just going to forgive you. That makes him detestable even to us. We don't like that judge. We don't like that story because it's so rotten. It's so awful. So we look at that judge and say, that, you are detestable. You, you have no right to wear that robe. But yet, God is that. In, in our mind, we just, just forgive us, Lord. You can forgive us for, for no reason at all. Just because you're God, you're sovereign. You can do what you want. You don't have to answer to anybody. So you can just forgive us. Well, if he does then he's detestable to him own, his own self. And in studying these attributes, he never, ever, ever is contrary to his own nature. Yes, he's loving, but he's also just. He's kind, he's merciful, but he's also, he, he holds the guilty, guilty. He's just. He, he, he meets it out where it needs to be. So how are we going to overcome this? And I hope you already know it. Most of you do, I'm sure. So the crosshairs of the judgment for my sin was right on me. The crosshairs of that judgment, I will have to pay for those sins. But that was transferred to Christ. Let me tell you a, another story. How many of you know of, um, I think his name is Colin Smith. Have you ever heard him? I think he's on the radio. I, I'm not positive, but um, he wrote a book that I just love. Um, heaven and How I Got There. Obviously, Colin didn't go to heaven. But it's just a made-up story from the viewpoint of the thief on the cross. 
And he's just telling it as if he was that thief. And there he is, and he's cursing Christ at one point. And later he, he starts seeing something, and, and, and he, he repents, and he says, Remember me when you come into your throne. And Christ told him, Today you will be with me in paradise. And you know the story well. And, and so now this thief has new life in him, and he's, he's about to die, but he has new life, and he has, he has understanding that he didn't have before. And he's starting to understand some things, and all of a sudden it gets dark. And it's in the middle of the day. It's 3 o'clock. It gets dark and he says, oh my, judgment's coming. Judgment is coming. And he's, he's seeing the judgment of God. And he's, he hates these Romans. Uh, or did. Now he actually feels sorry for them. But, but he hated these Romans all of his life because of the, the control that they had over him and all the wrong and all of that. So... He's telling these guards in his own mind, they, they don't listen to him, but the judgment of God is coming, and I feel sorry for you because this isn't going to be good for you. What you've done to him is not going to be good. You are in deep trouble. And he said, he watched it get dark, and he saw the judgment of God, and he didn't describe how, I mean, this is just, imaginary anyway, but he saw the judgment of God come. It went right past those Romans. It went right past those guards. And it went to Christ. I remember stopping at that point. That's shocking to me. My sin... The, the judgment of my sin went to him. He paid for my sin. There's, there's articles. I was reading some yesterday where, where people absolutely deny that. And it's like, you don't understand what you're denying. Please just accept that. It. It's what scripture says. He is righteous to forgive us. How? Because it's paid by Christ. Jesus paid it all, we say. It is paid by him. It is paid. The, the judgment of my sin, your sin, was put on him. So now when I come to Christ and I say, Father, I'm sorry. I, I, I know I've blown it. I know I did things that are absolutely horrible. And I know I, I did things that are detestable. But based on the finished work of Calvary, I ask, forgiveness. And do you know something? You are forgiven as, as as quickly as you can think. You're forgiven. The consequences are over with. You're not going to have to sit back and do some sort of penance for six months. You're not going to go to some proving and, and prove to God that you're serious. You're not going to have to somehow walk around with a long face and really act sorry for six months. You're forgiven. It's that simple. You're forgiven. People have a hard time accepting that. Why? 
Why? Because they didn't work for it. They didn't deserve it. You know what? You don't deserve to go to heaven. That's just the long and the short of it. You deserve hell. I deserve hell. We don't deserve anything other than that. But because of the work of Christ, I'm going to heaven. So are you if you're born again. You're going to heaven not because I finally got to be good enough. You're never good enough to go to heaven. I don't care how many grand stars you get. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. But when Christ paid for your sins, he gave you his righteousness, and you are now credited with righteousness that is his, but you're credited with it, and he took your sins, and he paid for them, and you talk about a, 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 what, what was the word it used in, in Romans? Um, the good news of salvation. You talk about good news? That's good news. I don't have to pay for my sin. It's covered under the blood. This thief could go to heaven because his sins were placed on Christ as well. You know, if we sin against what? An animal. It's not a big deal. But we've sinned against God. An infinitely holy God. If we sin against a king or a president or a communist dictator, we're not going to get away with it. If we sin against a parent, it's bad. But if you sin against a, 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 a ruler, a, a president, you're going to pay for it. If you sin against the dictator, you're really going to pay for it. But if you sin against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you, you sin against the author of life. When we sin against life, we take on death. If we sin against peace, we take on turmoil. Whatever we sin against, we, the opposite is the reward. And God is the God of peace. He's the God of justice. He's the God of mercy. He's the God of grace. He's all of these things. So if we sin against grace, we don't get grace. If we sin against mercy, we don't get mercy. But here's the thing. People say you don't want God's justice. You want God's mercy. That's awful. Don't say that. God is just. He will never oppose his own character. Ever. Not in a million, billion years. He cannot be contrary to his own nature. He is just. If, if somebody goes to hell because they refuse to believe, justice, of course, stands and says, yes, this is just. But you know something? Mercy stands there and says, this is right. Love stands there and says, this is right. Grace stands there and says, this is right. Because it's all wrapped up in one character in God. And all of those things are put together. This problem that we have is paid for in Christ. So the thing that I come up against when I pray, oh God, yeah, actually, let me, let me give you an example that I, I just told the church recently. Um, I think Marvin and Cindy probably heard this, but... I'll tell it again. This is, I don't know how many years ago, but but we would go to the Wayne County Jail 
twice a month to preach. We would always meet down there in, in the back of the hallway, right outside the chaplain's office. We would meet there and just get into a circle and pray for the service. And we were praying, but we had quit praying, and an officer walked up, and he said, um, I, I just need to tell you, you need to be a little careful today. There's three or four Satanists that are here, and they have signed up to come to the service, and we're not sure if this is this spells trouble. We're not sure. We're not sure why they would sign up to come, but they signed up to come. If there's trouble, stay out of the way. Don't try to fix it. But, but there's going to be extra guards there. Just be very careful. And I'm starting to feel like I have the calling to go home. Lord, I need, I need grace, Lord. I need grace. And I, this is intimidating me. Now, I, I don't know what to expect, and I'm supposed to preach. I, I have no, oh, God, please. What if trouble breaks out? I could die here. What if trouble breaks out? I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I get up there, we get up there, and whoever was singing had the guitar, and they were singing, and right back here, about where Adam and Eric are sitting, there's these three guys, long, white hair, and they're young. They're not white, like age white, or trouble white, whatever that is, I'm not sure, but they're young. But long, and it's that has to be them. And oh, I'm so intimidated. Oh God, what do I do? I prayed and I prayed. But guess what? I prayed. Lord, I'm so sorry for everything I've ever done wrong. Why? Why? Because I need His power. I'm so sorry. Why? I, I, there was not one specific thing that, Lord, I'm sorry for that, that time I got a little angry. No, there was not some specific thing. I just wanted a clean slate because I'm in a battle. I need power. I need some anointing. I need God. And, and Lord, I'm sorry for everything I've done. That's not a wrong prayer, but can you see that that hinders us if we're in the, the, the need right then. We need power. I started praying like, oh God, you, you have to anoint me. You, Lord, let me see these men as broken hearts, not as Satanists. Just, just change my view here. And I, I did. I, all of a sudden I started seeing Little boys growing up that never had love, that didn't know a family life, that had no father, maybe. I don't know. I don't know their situation. Maybe the system had abused them 
Maybe they've been pushed around into foster homes. Maybe, maybe life has just been flat out cruel to them. And I started feeling sorry for them. And it's like, okay, God, I, I want to have compassion for them. And, and God did. I, I, it was amazing. It was amazing. I was not one bit intimidated of them anymore. I laid my hands on his shoulder, the one sitting in the aisle. And as I was talking to him, not, not just him, but everybody, that there was no intimidation there. And, and I felt love going out of me towards them because I don't know their background. But I feel sorry for them right now. But the thing that got me is, God, why do I have to quickly make sure that I'm forgiven of everything? That's where we walk unless we have it settled in our heart. We, God didn't just one day decide, okay, yeah, you just ask and I'll just forgive, kind of. Yeah, well, let's make a deal. No, 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 no. This, this was a miracle long before the earth was even created. Christ became surety for me and you that we can be forgiven of our sins. If you're forgiven for your sins this morning, it is because Christ paid for them. If you're forgiven for the wrong that you did today, yesterday, it is because Christ had already paid for them 2,000 years ago. The sins that you will commit in the next year, Christ has already paid for them. But do I still need to be forgiven you? Yes, you do. The Bible says confess. Just agree with God is what it says. Lord, that was sin. I'm sorry. I, I, I accept the atonement. I accept the finished work of Calvary to pay for those sins. I am sorry. Help me to not do it again. Done. Don't walk around in some sort of despair and some, some oh, it's so awful. No, we can live with with truth, with life, with grace, with power. We can walk with confidence. Not arrogance, but confidence. It, Lord, I'm free. I'm free. I, I know I've committed sins. I wonder if I would ask you. It took us a while to get here. The interstates were a mess. A couple inches of slush and my wife was saying, slow down, slow down, slow down. My tires aren't real good because it was, it was time to replace the tires. But, man, they're too good to throw away now yet. So, <laughs> I wish we'd have brought the other vehicle. Four-wheel drive, but here we are. And so, why did I say that? I have no idea. The, the life that I live, I, I have no idea where I was going with that. But the life that I live, I need to be able to walk in grace. To be able to walk in confidence, knowing, oh, I know what I were, where I was going. If, if you came to church this morning and, and something upset you and you snapped at your wife, you told her off, can you just... Look at her as you're sitting here on the pew 
and just say, I'm sorry for the way I acted. I, I was such a fool. I'm sorry. Now are you free to stand here and worship God? And Jesus paid it all. I'm, I'm so clean. I'm so righteous. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Is, does that just work that way? No, we want to say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry. Do you know what? It's paid for. You're free. You're done. You're forgiven. Take the grace and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. When you run into trouble, when, when things go bad, God is not punishing you for the wrong that you have done. It's heartbreaking. I, I, I was in a really bad situation a while back. Not, not me, but, but with somebody that was in a really, really bad situation. And they said, I, I, I think God is punishing me. No, he's not. Because I have the authority of scripture to say that your sins are paid for. There is no more punishment to do. The punishment has gone on Christ. You, you don't have to pay for your sins. You can bless God for that. You receive forgiveness and say, thank you, Jesus. I am free from this sin. I am free from this guilt. I don't need to walk in this. And you go with confidence. But when we make mistakes and we can't act in faith because we're just not sure. Now, if you haven't confessed it, if you haven't gone to God and said, Lord, I'm sorry, then you have reason to still carry it. Don't, don't, don't try to override that. Just, just obey what the Bible says. Just confess it. Just agree with God. Lord, this was sin. And if you're wrong, somebody, go make it right. You know, I'm telling you, the church is made up of people that fail. Any amens? Amen. The church is made up of imperfect people that fail other people. I wish it wasn't so. But we do fail each other. If my brother sins against me, and I know that my sins have gone to Christ, and he has, he has just purged me from it, it's much easier for me to just say, it's okay. I don't need to defend it. He doesn't understand. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But you know, we gossip, we slander, we backbite, we... We, we carry on. Oh, I, I think sometimes that's one of the tricks of the devil. A every church, it doesn't, you know, it's in every church. And I wish we could say that, you know, we figured out a way to keep it out of our church. It's going to happen. It just is because people are people. I wish... That if we would start to gossip, our tongue would freeze. But it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. We're allowed to do it. But we say things that we don't have the information on. And we pass it on. And You know, recently I heard something about, about a, a good, good upstanding person as far as I know. 
and, and they were telling me the story. And I, I just went like this. I said, no, I don't believe that. I, I do not believe that. I don't want to hear any more about it. I, I'm done with that. I, I think the reason that gossip works so much is we give it an ear. We need to stop it. We give it an ear. And then immediately, we're sorry. And then we, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I read a study a couple years ago that guys could forgive each other, but often in a, in a marriage counseling thing, the women were not forgiving the men because the men weren't properly asking, so they wanted to know, well, then what's proper? So they secretly followed these women's lives and, 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 and just observed them. <laughs> and when two women had, had an issue, the woman would just over and over and over say, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. And, and I'm, I'm really sorry. And I, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Well, and the men weren't doing that. They were saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they said, if you want to really apologize to a woman, just keep doing it. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, my wife never told me to keep saying it. But that's the way we come to God. So sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. But no, all we have to do is come to God. I'm sorry. I said that thing. I, I gossiped. I backbite. I, and that was in that list you read. Backbiters and, and, and whatever the other things were. I mean, there's some, there's some church stuff in there. If we come to God and say, I'm sorry for that. I'm so sorry. We are forgiven. We can walk in freedom. We can walk with purpose. We can walk with grace. We can walk with newness. We can walk as if we didn't sin. We can walk with confidence. We can go up and give a brother a hug. And he says, are you having victory? Yes, I am. Thank God. Yes. Have faith in the finished work of Christ. It is finished. It is complete. It is done, and you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to redo it. You don't have to somehow walk around in penance trying to gain the favor of God. You've got it. You've got it. You own it. It's his. And there's so much more to this, but I, I wish... I, I think the church at large could be much more effective if they would deal from a clean conscience. And please don't misunderstand this. I'm not talking about this, this loose attitude where I can just, I can smack somebody over the head and feel godly about it and just nothing bothers me. No, I'm not talking about that. When you do wrong, you do wrong. But we deal with it. And then we accept that it's forgiven. We accept that it's over. And through that, the church can have much more power than what she has.
We go out on the street. I remember being up in Cleveland, walking into a street fight, gang fight, that I didn't even know was happening, but I had no fear. Why? I, I, I wasn't all guilty. If I was all guilty about sins, I'm not going in there. I could die, and maybe I'm not ready to go. No. We can walk with freedom. 